First Light has always made the world's best base layers. They are warm, breathable, silent, and odor resistant. But the women's fit and the gear weren't meeting our demands, so we went back to the beginning and rebuilt everything. Re-engineering the gear with the most dedicated female hunters in mind, First Light modernized the fit and added more sizes, colors, and camo patterns. I personally have been testing the women's gear over the last couple of years, uh, from the mountains in Idaho to the plains in Nebraska, and I feel like the fit especially has landed in a much better spot. It's more true to size. It's not as tight and binding in certain areas like a lot of women's fit. Uh, all of the pieces, to me, got an all-around upgrade. It's awesome to see. So for yourself or as a gift this Mother's Day, pick up First Light's new women's merino wool and get free shipping on all orders containing women's gear. Available now at firstlite.com. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug-bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. This is going to be an extremely fast, short, not fast, because it'll pass, time will pass in the same way it always does, but its duration will be shorter. This is a short podcast episode digital radio program um first thing is, is a quick bit of business yanni you were there i, I want to follow because we, we had a recent episode where we we were talking about at length about lead shot non-toxic shot and the ban on using lead for waterfowl hunting all those years ago right yes and what precipitated that conversation am i using that right rick i don't i don't know what initiated that conversation was uh, that I had ran into a feller down in Kansas who explained to me that he was an engineer, spent his whole life in munitions, and was telling me that lead contamination in ducks is a crock of shit. Wasn't buying it. Wasn't at all buying it. And uh, as, as a way of getting into this, subject he said to me how many times have you opened up a duck's gizzard and found a piece of shot the thinking being that ducks uh you know ducks need scratch or grit right because they have a gizzard everything that has a gizzard eats little bits of rock and and they and it pulverizes their food inside their gizzard and the the rock eventually you know crumbles away erodes away in their gizzard and they just pass it like whatever when you see birds picking on the side of the road they're picking up scratch or grit he was saying, how many times have you actually opened a duck's gizzard and found a piece of shot? I was like, that's a hell of a good point. Now, what happened to me the other day, Giannis? You opened a gizzard, we found a piece of shot? Yeah. And I said, and I put this thing up on social media, which I cannot stand for the most part. I like it, but like the audio, you know what I mean? You put something up and nine dudes are like, huh? Right, and they just go on with whatever they got going on that day. Yeah, they go. That, that's interesting. I learned something. And then there's some dude that just like all of a sudden has an axe to grind. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh yeah, them lefties." I'm like, "No, hold it." All I'm saying is, I found a piece of lead shot in a gizzard. It was offensive to him that I would have told the truth of what I saw. 
Did we check to see lead? Was it lead versus it lead. steel? It was. Yeah, it was malleable. So I don't know what to tell you. I mean, and someone brought up to make. We sh- they said make sure that you didn't. It wasn't shot in there, as in like you oh, shot the list, duck. Yeah, but it, look, no, no, I saw the gizzard. It was perfectly fine. It, you know, it, we would have seen a hole if it had been shot in. Plus, there. I mean, imagine that it gets shot in such a way. Yeah, that the lead passes through the 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 thick muscular wall of the gizzard. A gizzard passes is like through a the gizzard itself. lining and then somehow stops in the actual pocket along with a bunch of gravel. I tell you why more people aren't finding shot inside their gizzards. They don't eat their gizzards. That's right. One in a million shot. That's a good point. That was Mark Boardman, ladies and gentlemen. Mark, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Mark Boardman with Vortex Optics and I want to compliment Steve on his one in a million shot doc mm-hmm. on getting that pellet inside the gizzard. And then um, to, uh, as though dealing cards, then there's uh, Dirt Myth. Howdy, folks. Who got uh, terribly lost in the uh, coastal rainforest this nope. morning. Or so we thought. Thick Wrongly fog. thought. Turned out he was not lost and was just documenting with his camera um, the, the taking and dismembering of a sick black-tailed buck by... One Mark, what's your middle name? Robert. One Mark R. Bo- uh, Mark R. Boardman. Correct. Eagle eye in the fog. Spotted a deer in, in the intense fog. It was a little soupy out there. Very soupy. Classic blacktail habitat. Wet, foggy, brushy. Sneaky little bucks. They are sneaky. Five days. Mark spent five days looking for buck, right? Six. Yeah. Six. You're six Including day. today. That's yeah. on all day. Virtually all day. Virtually all day, every day, yeah. Uh, then uh, the Latvian Eagle. Howdy. Rick. Hey there. Uh, I, I tried to, I put out a call for ladies um, for <laughs> Rick, and he picked up a couple of Instagram followers he was saying after that, which was good, but then he said most of them happened to be uh, guys. So again, it's a call for ladies. <laughs> for Rick, <laughs> you're still yeah. available, Rick. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anything I'm, going on? Any movement no, there? Uh, I mean, a little, little movement. Yeah. Uh, another single guy, not uh, uh, on from Rick. Not not terribly fired up about finding a lady is Cal. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Callen. Ryan's problem. Uh, other priorities. Yeah. Here's Ryan. If you're a lady listening. And you want to move into a recently remodeled condo in the posh ski town of Ketchum, Idaho, and be Cal's lady, you need to understand that Cal uh, will not, refuses to do what he calls checking in. <laughs> he does not like... It's been to, an issue. He does not like checking in. He will let you know when there's something you need to know. Until then, you may not hear from him. If that is suitable to you, Ryan Callahan, catch my idol. Anything else you want to say about your what, what you're looking for in particular with a lady? Even though you're not really I don't looking. think there's any coming back from that intro, so I'll, we'll just He doesn't like to check road. in. He doesn't like to – he just kind of wants to go about his business and sort of mosey around the uh, country at will. Yeah, especially during not, hunting season. And not have to hear about it. Yeah, me. now this isn't saying that – you know, if this gal wants to do that with me, that's great. 
But if she does not, we can just establish ahead of time where I will be, and that'll that'll be that. It's for her benefit. You don't want to worry her. Yeah. Expecting a check-in. She just knows you're good. Yeah. Unless you check in. Yeah. How, how does your uh, lady deal with that, Steve? Checking in? You, 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 are you, uh, do, uh, do you check in more? You know, I, I travel so much and it's been for so long and that was kind of the circumstances under which we met. So we have certain coping mechanisms that we do. I do not do a, a rigorous check-in. Uh, my, my wife seldom takes my calls when I'm on the road. I know that if the problem arises, I'll get word about it. We do a lot of very short uh, text messages when we get the chance. But if I go um, four or five days, it would be it would be smart of me to check in. And I know that she probably won't accept the call because she's probably a little bit annoyed at me. Um, but I'll, I'll know that it, it's cool. And one of the things she says is she says to me, because I used to come home, right? And I wanted everybody that there'd be a party and balloons and, you know. <laughs> and my wife says, if it's not a big deal when you go away, and I don't like it to be a big deal when I go away, right? I just like get up and out the door, you know. She says, if it's not a big deal when you go away, it cannot be a big deal when you come home. Meaning, when you walk in the door, your ass is on. Yep, kiddos haven't. You yeah, can, yeah, it's like it doesn't matter what happened. When the baby gives his morning like hello from his little crib there, you're running down the hall. And it's, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm going to sleep in. And my wife said, if you want to rest, you need to just tell me you're not home and go to a hotel. Because <laughs> 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 yeah. when you walk in the door, man, it's like you're making up for lost time. Yeah. Uh, Mark, what's your impression of a sea cucumber? Now that you're a sea cu- now that you're a sea cucumber man, yeah, I'm an old sea cucumber cucumber vet. Um, they are one of the most wild looking creatures I've ever laid eyes on. Yeah. How would you describe it? Could you describe it without referring to a male member, a diseased male member? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, it's really difficult. Yeah, I guess if you severed off a chunk of someone's forearm and it was diseased. Those spiny things are so unique. <laughs> With, they, yeah. they don't look like anything. I don't know what kind of diseases you're used to looking at, but boy, I mean, cartoonish diseases. Yeah, what it looks like is it looks like like a, um, you know, like if you were watching a movie, like a animated movie, and they go and discover life on another planet, you know, because underwater, up, you know, it's, it's, it's drab. You're not. It's like a coral reef up here. It's a lot of rock. You know, and you go underwater. There's like a lot of drab colorations, right? But then here's these red, I mean, a sea cucumber, a doozies, a whopper coming out of the water is what, 12, 13 inches long, maybe a little bigger than that. I'd say our average is right around the foot long mark, but mm. probably eight to 14 inches. Once they get alarmed, they puff up about big around as your wrist, forearm or so. They have many, many spikes on them. They're red, orangish red. Uh, I feel like if you didn't grow up in the Northwest or in, I don't know, the coast, sea cucumber is like, doesn't, I don't know. Somebody from the Midwest ever th- seen a sea cucumber? Like, I don't even, I don't remember because I'm from the Midwest. I don't remember how I, like, how I conceptualize sea cucumbers. I mean, if I would have encountered them in a, like when we take our kids to the aquarium, 
um, they have a petting part, right? There's like a petting zoo at the aquarium, basically. And sea cucumbers are one of the things kids are allowed to, after they wash their hands, they're allowed to reach in and kind of like monkey with the sea cucumbers. Which, when I took my boy out, Callahan was here. The second time I took my boy out harvesting sea cucumbers, and like, you could put a harpoon into a whale, and it's not going to bother that kid. But he does not like you messing with sea cucumbers. We couldn't really figure out. My theory is the it was more a dad's going underneath the water. You think so? I think so. But he couldn't figure out how to articulate that. He didn't like the whole process of yes. it. Yes. Yeah, it was a lot of, you know, dad disappears. He's stuck on a boat <laughs> with a dude with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and it was that day, too. It was wavy as it shit, It was a big too. day. It was. How would you call it? What, were you guys, what was the topic of discussion? Oh, Cal? man, we, well, Jimmy was fishing out of the gate, which everything was cool. But then we lost the lure. And the seas were too big. Like it was one of those days that you had to keep keep the bow pointed at oh, the yeah. waves, or you could yeah, like waves are coming over the ass end of the boat, you know. And he's like, "We'll tie on another lure." I'm like, "Yep." Trying to get, and every time I'd get up, you know, the boat would drift, and it was. And he's like, "Well, I'm scared." I'm like, "Nope, nothing to be scared about." <laughs> okay, then tie on a lure. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was snacks, you know. It was, so it was very. It was very simple kid stuff that I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we we hauled up, yeah. So so sea cucumbers. When you open a sea cucumber up, Myrtle things water weenies. Yeah, yeah. It's like a water weenie with 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 warty thorns on it. You open them up, but you like stick a. It's a tube, right? And you uh, put your like a flay knife blade in and open the roll the tube out like if you had a sock laying there and you put a blade of the sock into the hole that your foot goes into and then poked it out the toe part and just open that sock up like that i want to say you're slicing it laterally maybe longwise yeah then it rolls out flat then it's like like you know what imagine that you cut a tube of uh you take a toilet paper tube Right, and put your uh, knife in one end and open that toilet paper tube up and you lay it out flat. But instead of rolling it out flat and just seeing the inside of the toilet paper tube, what you see is five strands of muscle that are about like carpenter's pencils. Yeah. Good to see. As far you get as, all the guts out of the way. Yeah, he's got like an intestine in there which just falls away. It's not connected to anything. In fact, when a sea cucumber panics, he can extrude his gut. He, he can shoot all that out. Um. We had a problem the first time when we took my boy out harvesting sea cucumbers. He, uh, we were putting them in a perforated bucket, and a lot of the, the the sea cucumbers extrude their gut, so a lot of it was coming through the perforated bucket holes. And I think that he found that a little bit alarming. Um, you open it up, and there's five strands of muscles that seem about like uh, carpenter's pencils. And you take a putty knife, and you take the putty knife and just scrape away the five muscles and they're joined together. And at that point you have a hunk of meat. That's about like, if you, your three middle fingers, right? It kind of puckers up, shrinks down. And you have about three, your three middle fingers worth of meat. Cut those sons of bitches into five strips. And it yes. tastes like. To me, I think it's, it's uh, definitely like, more 
Uh, it's not as rigid or rubbery as clams. That's right. It has a clam taste. I think it's somewhere between clam and scallop. I, I don't really, I'm not falling in on I the squid calamari. thing. I think calamari. No? I don't, yeah, not for not me. Not getting it. Uh-uh. You're not feeling calamari? But I think a calamari is like sort of in line with sea cucumber because calamari is kind of like a blank slate, mm-hmm. you know? Like it's kind of, you got to like bring something to it almost. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. You know? I mean, those ones that we had fried without any batter on I them. I call them baldies. Baldies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, they they had a flavor more than most calamari that, that you, I would eat. Yeah, like okay. a kind of a sweet taste to them. Dude, they're so good, man. Really tasty. So good. Really tasty. You know, like animals like adapt, you know, like blacktails, right? They they have, obviously, there's some selective advantage in blending in, right? Like they have a color palette that like is, is perfect. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For their environment. Um, I think that that someone who, who studies such things should look into grotesquerie as a selective advantage. Man, between streaming services, fitness apps, and delivery services, it's never ending. I'm talking about the, the, the subscriptions, the monthly dings on your credit card. Well, thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app. It goes in and finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. Meaning, you know, like, let's say there's like a show that comes out and you want to watch it and you wind up doing like this free trial and you forget about it. And then two years later, you realize you're paying those hosers 12 bucks a month for something you don't use. It finds that stuff, cancels it. It helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings instead. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all the app's features. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Again, rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Hey man, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you've learned anything, it's that there is always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, well, what's the catch? But it turns out there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash meat eater. That's mintmobile.com slash meat eater. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash meat eater. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Man, I'm just coming back uh, not too long ago from youth turkey season in Wisconsin. Now, last year at youth turkey season, it rained and snowed the whole time. This year at youth turkey season, 
It was in the 70s and then even up to 80. So me and my kids are pouring it to it. And after a while, I realized I didn't drink anything all day, and they haven't drank anything all day. Well, that's why it's important to get hydrated and have something you're going to like to help you, encourage you to get hydrated. doesn't matter. Outdoor events, turkey hunting, playing sports, beach days, mountain adventures. Summer requires extraordinary hydration that's built for everyday dehydrating moments. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick, it's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. I'll say that again. Hydrates better than water alone. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and you use code MEATEATER at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MEATEATER at liquidiv.com. Look, so they don't look appealing. The, to it just—it's like you look at it, and there's something deep in you. And maybe other creatures feel the same way. You look at it, you're like, "Yeah, uh-uh." <laughs> like nothing good could possibly come of molesting this thing. No way. Messing was, with it. Who was the first dude to be like, "Yeah, try this out." And yeah, I'd figure like out how to peel guy, it, because it's not—it's not straightforward like you explained on the heart, like the processing yeah. of that. Yeah. And once muscle. you see those muscles, you're like, "Oh yeah, this is the edible part." But the rest of it looks like uh, oh the 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 muscles. If yeah. you just looked at a bowl of the muscles, you'd think that someone had been shocking clams. Yeah. But see the deal up here in South where we are now, where I live full time. I live full time in in Seattle, and where we are in Seattle, you can they they do red tide. They test for red tide, or you know, which is paralytic. Red tide will give you paralytic shellfish poisoning, and it's a um, dinoflagellate, right? It's a dinoflagellate that you can that, that concentrates in the digestive tract and then and, and in the muscle of certain bivalve species. And when you eat those, you get all sick and die. Or get real sick. Every year someone gets every year someone somewhere on the Pacific coast is dying of paralytic shellfish poisoning. Now down there you have enough population where they they test all the beaches all the time. So when razor clams are open or manila clams, whatever you're going after, you can look up on a, on a go to a website and see if there's paralytic shellfish poisoning present at the time. And they're constantly monitoring it because it can't kill you. Uh, the first thing that happens is your lips get numb. Uh, here, you know, because there's, there's, no, there's no population centers here and monitoring would be impossible because it's just like everything is, there's many, many shellfish beaches everywhere. They don't test for paralytic shellfish poisoning. So you're kind of on your own. Now, while the native Alaskans obviously ate enormous quantities of shellfish, I don't know how they dealt with that risk. Um, there are middens here in this cove, shellfish middens that are you know, 10, 12 feet high, that when you dig in them, it's just shellfish shells from the consult, you know, people eating them. I don't, know if they, I don't know what they did, if it was just a calculated risk Maybe or whatever. Maybe they had a taster, like a yeah. young gentleman that was chosen to be the taster, see how he did. You talk to old timers here, and they'll talk about rubbing it on their lips, hmm. and then waiting a while to see if it gets tingly. What we've done, um, what we've done is just eat one. Everyone eats one, and then twenty four hours later, we'll eat more, which is risky because they used to say don't eat shellfish in any month that does not have an R in it, because Paralytic shellfish poisoning is more prevalent in your summer months. So May, 
June, July, August, steer clear of shellfish. But I remember a couple of years ago, I was reading the Catch Can newspaper. A guy uh, died of paralytic shellfish poisoning in April. <laughs> and that damn sure has an R in it. Is that new? The reason to this? I'm bringing all this up is because you don't got to worry about with sea cucumbers. So even here, you can <laughs> sink a canoe with. Were you there with us, Yanni? That one time we were getting butters? Oh, yeah. You could honestly, I mean, back me up. You could sink your canoe with clams. Oh, yeah. You find the right bed and you could, with a spade, just shovel them. No, you're just shoveling clams into the thing. I mean, you could sink a boat with them, but it's so risky. It's like such a, and it used to pain me that you'd come up here and then here's this incredible resource that you're like scared shitless to um, utilize. But with sea cucumbers, once you put a wetsuit on, the water's cold. You know, you got to have a five mil wetsuit. Once you put a wetsuit on, you can put up more pounds of cucumbers than you can clams any day as far as just actual usable meat. But to me, you can see the connection of somebody sees water shooting out of the beach, digs up a clam, opens the shell up, and sees like a big nugget of meat right there. Mm, Yeah. I cannot imagine how it came about that somebody grabs this sea cucumber and you have got, the folks listening, you have got to do a search on this, whatever your preferred means is because... You gotta you gotta see the picture here to understand this. Yeah, like, it'd really you cannot... be a good idea to go look up. If you're listening, yeah. go look up uh what a sea cucumber looks like if you're not familiar. And you're not gonna make the connection between that and food. I, I mean I sure don't. Whoever that guy was, I'm pretty sure or he was woman. In, a, in, a, in a tough spot. Had so. to be, right? Could have been a connoisseur, man. I don't know. The th- next thing that we gotta eat, and I saw a lot down there while we were swimming around, is urchins. Well, see, that that's interesting because I've have you know in sushi places I have, but I thought you were looking for roe, and I wasn't familiar with what I was looking for. I didn't know you're just eating the gonad of the yeah, urchin. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive that it's just the gonad. Yeah, because he, there's no uh, the same as sea cucumbers. There's no closed season for recreational divers. Like, like here, you're allowed five scallop, five rock scallops. You're allowed more weather vanes, but just five scallops. And, and I don't know no if it's no bag this. limit on urchins and no bag limits on sea cucumbers because they're not utilized. Yeah, I don't know if it's the right species that that is preferred, but it, no, I'm gonna find out. Yeah, I'm gonna find that out. Seems like, and then you just pop them off with a, a knife, and you'd be. How big were those urchins? Oh, there's some. Urchins, well, then there's some monsters. Look at that one. Look at it right out the window there. See that yellow hook? Oh, you can't see it. Yeah. You get an idea. Well, there's a few. Um, most of them were like six to eight inches across. Yeah, wow. so the top half of a baby's head. They're like big, you know. Interesting reference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just trying to paint a vision. <laughs> <It's not, laughs> but then there were some monsters. Me. Like they looked like little cactuses, like smaller spines, much bigger. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, you can eat this outside of a sea cucumber, though, right? Someone yeah, people do. Like they dry it down and then reconstitute it. But it seems that's like in, in the Asian markets. Aphrodisiac. Yeah, but or I don't something. know. Yeah, I don't know enough about. It. I don't know if it's kind of like shark fin, where it's not so much that you, it's not like oh, the shark fin's good, but you're sort of chasing after some kind of mystical, some kind of quality, what we would call some kind of mystic quality. Balance of the, the item. Yeah. It is like a yeah. leather. Yeah. It, a heavy, heavy rind. Yeah. But I mean, closer I think to we can make it's walls, stout, walls stout out stout. of it. Yeah, yeah, you can oh, do a for good sure. wall. I think you can. Yeah. Dirt myth. Didn't your dad make a wall out of a beaver tail? Yeah, I was. I still have that beaver tail from Wyoming. I'm yeah. gonna do a wall out of it. Yeah, I'm gonna follow in his. Or like steps. a whole big purse. 
Yeah. Man purse. Ooh, man purse. Have I told you, did I ever tell you guys a story about the guy I know that had an eel skin wallet? Yeah. I told that? Did I tell it on this year no, you need radio to tell program? It, yeah. You sure? Because that's how I feel about the beaver tail. This guy way. had a, went to Hawaii and got an eel skin wallet. And that eel skin wallet served him well for seven years. Went back to Hawaii. Calculated out how many more seven-year blocks he was likely to be alive and purchased that many wallets. <laughs> he was so committed to that style of wallet, you know, I, which I'm about to do with the Magpul wallet. You guys seen this thing? Mm-mm. You know, I kept one of the sea cucumber skins to do Pass that. Pass that around. Did you keep it? I kept it. Did you salt oh, it? I do What'd like do? that. I neglected it in the I'm next day. I'm always looking for the little small wallet. Yeah, it was pretty it was rough. Gooed out, yeah. Yeah, oh. So I'm going to take a bed. photo of that. Now, uh, what do you think about over there, Yanni? Yanni's got the <laughs> Labian smirk rocking bad. A bad <laughs> Labian smirk. Is it about the cukes? No, not at all. Sea urchin, though, is another thing that when you first look at it, it'd be hard to picture how someone could say, yeah, let's cut that thing open. Yeah, especially if you've ever stepped on one or sat on one or anything. I remember my, uh, my, my late friend, Eric Kern, whose picture's hanging on the wall above the stove there. We were down in Mexico, and he hooked a shark on his fly rod and the shark snapped him off and he had a kind of he was kind of like perched precariously on a rock out in the water and when the shark snapped the line it threw him off balance and he fell and went to catch himself and impaled it bothered him it bothered him his hand ached for a year oh yeah went Whoa. right onto that urchin and he tried you know you're supposed to like piss on it and everything but his hand the nerves in his hand weren't right for a year and Do that thing, barbs? you could just see them. You could look into his hand barbs and see the black, them, see right. the black spikes in his hand. They eventually just dissolved inside his hand. Ooh. Yeah, hurting. Um, the cucumbers they live uh, from what's called the intertidal zone, so a low, low tidal exposed sea cucumbers down to eight hundred feet. What happens when they're exposed to they? They don't see. They always stay in the water. Yeah. I've never seen them like out, out. But they'll be like where you could grab them in a pair of extra tufts and walk out and pick them up. Yeah. But uh, but so we dive by free diving, and you don't need. To, I never dive any deep. How deep was the deepest we went, Rick? Eight nine feet. Yeah. I I can't if, I can't go very far. So we went eight nine feet. You got to clear. You got to clear one time. Yeah. We're at a depth you need to clear once on your way down. I was yeah. pretty impressed. You got that first haul. You, I mean, you were down for. I hit the mother patch. What yeah. I thought a bit, and you came up with a sackful. Yeah, I'm good for one good breath hold, and then it just then it gets worse and worse and worse. Really, a lot of guys are really good at controlling their breathing, but um, did they have a whole little? There's a thing you're supposed to do at the surface, you know, like a hyperventilate. If you're good at it, yeah, you get a wristwatch out, and you do a paced breathing, and there's this whole thing. I just kind of go like, <laughs> and I feel like I'm good, and then I dive. But there's a science to it that, mm-hmm. you know, like if I'm with people that don't dive, they always be like, man, you can hold your breath a long time. But I'm telling you, for people that do it, it's a frack. It's tw- I'm down for 25% of what people go down for. Oh, I mean, Good yeah, I, I know some folks, you go down, they go down to like 60 meters. Dang, yeah. free diving. Free diving. Cruise around. They're down there, I mean, holding their breath so for far. like four, four minutes. Yeah, yeah, I was well, down for like 30 seconds being like, okay. I gotta go. God, I gotta how go long does it up. take to get down to sixty meters? They they go down really fast with big long fins, and they just control their body and just drop. It's insane. Yeah, you like those divers in the Bahamas and stuff that uh, don't use weight belts, but they used to just have a boat full of rocks, big boulders, 
And when you go in, you just grab one of the boulders out of the boat and bombs away, holding that boulder in your arms, hit the bottom, drop the boulder, do whatever you got to do, and then go back up so you can get down in a hurry. But you got to be able to clear fast because you're sinking. Yeah. But uh, the point being, if you're free diving, like the, the cucumbers have such a range that if you're free diving, I don't think you can really um, overexploit the resource recreationally. There is a commercial harvest up here in the winter for sea cucumbers, which is what initially got me intrigued on it. What's the ratio you think, rough guess, volume out of the water to edible meat? Percent body weight? Yeah. Low? Yeah, because they look big before he started. Well, they swell up and they retain yeah, all, all that, that water. water. That, yeah, it's yeah. like that's the thing. If you, It's actually probably pretty high if they weren't full of the water. Yeah, they're I bet you it's 25% once you cut them and the water drains out. Yeah, I don't know, man. That skin is stout because... Yeah, like, like you said, Dirt Beth wanted to make wallet out of it. Yeah. Next Mo- time. Moving on to blacktail bucks. Mark, what do you think about all that? They're cool deer, man. But see, you grew up hunting blacktails. Yep. Or you, that was, your, like, was that the first deer you ever killed? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You were born in Washington State. Born in Washington on the west side of the state. So, yeah, I grew up hunting blacktails with my, my dad, grandpa, and brother. We'd hunt the west side of the state. And in those days, logging was up and running. You guys were hunting clear cuts, right? Yeah, we'd hunt a lot of gated logging road systems, so we'd... Like, how's that work? Like, timber companies own it. Yep, yep, so different timber companies, and, and most of the areas we'd like to hunt were gated, so it'd kind of keep, you know... Close the vehicles. Close the vehicles, yep. Gotcha. Yep, so we'd take our mountain bikes in. Oh, and so you get way up. in. So you get could, farther in than a dude walking. You could get further, faster, quieter. We rode up on deer before. Like, I think they don't recognize that quiet little hiss of a tire yeah. versus, you know, like walking, you know, on a generally pretty gravelly road, a little bit noisy, you know. And yeah, so we'd watch a lot of clear cuts in the mornings and in the evenings, um, find little cat roads, little alder bottoms, little sneak spots to still hunt through. So What would you do in the midday? Just wait? Like nothing um, you can do. Y- you could maybe try a push somewhere, you know, find a little thicket where you think there might be a buck bedded up, and put some people on the other side, you know. But and and it all worked, you know. I mean, I, I'm not. I shot, you know, not a ton of them, but I'm not sure I shot too many of them the same way twice. Yeah. So if you're doing that when you're hunting like the cuts like that, mm-hmm. could you expect to see deer every day? No. So it wasn't like no. now Now when you're hunting whitetails in Wisconsin, we're like, you're probably going to see a deer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, saw, if you saw a deer in a day, even if it was a doe, you're like, cool, good day. Really? You know? And a lot of the cuts that we liked, though, weren't like super fresh. You know, you wanted one that was fairly grown up, you know, maybe three to, three to six, maybe eight years old, where you've got kind of those... Um, just those smaller, you know, immature fir trees and just more browse has come at that point. I think the deer feel more secure. But they can still kind of hide. In but it. they can still hide, but there's lots of good feed because the sunlight's getting in there. Yeah. Yep. I can't imagine it takes eight years of growth for these things to hide. I mean, my God, they're small. I think that would, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think that'd be on the top end yeah. of when, when you'd be probably kind of getting done, you yeah. know. Once those trees get ten years old, they're pretty big. But I feel like the guy, enough. like the guy, the clear cuts here are all grown up now. You know, they're in the, starting out making a new one not far from here. But the clear cuts here, everybody talks about. I feel like they're saying that it was they get good at seven or eight years. 
Okay. Yep. Good hunting. Yeah. Like it takes a while, right? It takes a while. And then they're good for almost a decade. And then they're too, then they're overgrown. And my timeline could be a little bit It's probably, oh, but here's the thing. It's probably like, you know, it's probably regionally variable because here it's like, you know, a hell of a lot more rain, but much colder. So it could just be a different situation. Do they replant the clear cuts up here? No, I don't don't believe so. I I could be wrong on all this. And, you know, I almost want to back up and say that I'm taking what a lot, I'm taking things that a bunch of different guys that I know up here have told me that probably there's some contradiction within there, but there's sort of like a window, right? Like they take a while to get good and they're good and they cease to be good. Not that they cease to be good habitat. It's just they cease to be good hunting because they get, once it's six feet high, you know, you just can't see. You can't see. You can't see through it, and, and it's tough to walk through it. Yeah. Oh, the boat's here? Yep. Boat's coming. Can you guys do one load, and then we'll... I just let you know. Thanks. I got a question real quick. Are the blacktail in Washington, and you, do they blend in as well as these? Like you said, the only thing you see out here is like a flash of white, a little bit of patch that they have on their... I mean, I'd say... Yeah, I mean, they're very similar as far as the way they look. You know, yeah. these deer, these Sitka blacktails are, you know, smaller statured, you know. Than your guys' Columbia blacktails. Than, than, the, than the Columbia blacktails, which probably makes them even harder to find because they're smaller. You know, they get buried in the brush even easier. Um, but, I mean, pretty, a lot of similarities, but definitely some some differences as far as just, just the way the country is out here a little bit. Like, you don't, at least where we're at, I mean, you don't have those, you know, logging roads where you can kind of snake your way through and get on top and you know really cover some ground quick you know like we'd pick more what we were doing here was like more of like an all-day hunt you know where there would be like okay i'm gonna ride here i'm gonna watch this clear cut for this long then i'm gonna go over here and i'll go sneak this little you're kind of doing kind of different hunts throughout the day i guess yeah not just going to work in some area with a lot of bushwhacking and moving in toward little spots yep here's a little factoid we went, me and Mark, Mark and I, me and Mark, that's how I want to say it. Went to the. No, it's r- not what it is. <laughs> you wouldn't say me went to a. No, I think it's me. No, and- you're wrong. Mark and I. All right. I went to a. Mark and I went to a. Oh, yeah. There's a. You don't agree? There's a great Lexington I mean, this Valley. Is, no, this is like a, this is not a, no, you can mess up the order. Did you know Rocket Money can cancel a subscription for you? They'll even alert you when there's been an increase in a subscription price and negotiate rates for you. I can see my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. You wouldn't believe how many people are paying for subscriptions they don't use. This happened to me. It's annoying. This helps you find it out and get rid of it. Well, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. 
Get incredible deals on premium cuts from ButcherBox. Do you like free protein for a whole year? Well, deals this good are hard to come by at the grocery store. I, at home, well, I got two freezers, but you know what I'm saying. I like to have a freezer stocked full of stuff. I like feeling prepared, man. When I come home and it's time to make dinner, I like to go in. I got all my proteins lined up in there. Just makes me feel good about stuff. And with ButcherBox, you'll always be prepared with meat in the freezer. It means fewer trips to the grocery store. Delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping always. You get a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing value. You'll get exclusive deals as a member, too. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash eater and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free and every order for a year. So every box you get has that in it free for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash meat eater. Make sure you use code meat eater to choose your free for a year offer plus $20 off your first order. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, meaning you put them on, they feel great. Little or no break-in, period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Just ask my buddy Chili, who's been slipping around in his Tacova boots, talking about how great he feels in them. He loves them. Yeah, Steve, they're very comfortable. They're very fashionable, and I enjoy wearing mine around the office and anywhere I go around Bozeman. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And find your new favorite pair of boots today. You can mess up the order. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible at grammar. so I, No, you, I rely on you for grammar questions. No, I'm terrible. I have no idea. I just listen to a few podcasts I like, and I don't remember them. But I like listening to them about but, about grammar and and words. Okay, but and you can ignore answer ignore me. This is a diversion. We went to rival high schools. We did. Yeah, it's been yeah. really. This is what you've been leading up to talk about. Yeah, that's what. But in in Washington, it's been really. So the mark and I was the setup that you guys went to rival high schools. Yeah. That was your anecdote. Yep. Anything else? Do you know that Rick was the high school mascot? Wolverines. I did. I wore the, I wore the outfit. I wore the outfit. You dressed up as a. <laughs> yeah. It was a yeah. It was a Wolverine. It was a full, full amazing outfit with a big head. Super hot. You'd always get out of it. Super sweaty. Now, did but you, nobody you, knew. Nobody knew that it was that, it, that it was me. What? For How like, you pull that off in did, high school. I, one of your buddies you probably eventually was like, "Did you ever notice? <laughs> you're never like <laughs> with Rick when that Wolverine is out there." That's exactly right. Like Rick's like, "I gotta go get a hot dog," <laughs> and then all of a sudden, moments later, there's a Wolverine there's, dancing around. There the Wolverine multiple, runs back inside, yeah. and all of a sudden, Rick's like, "Back with a hot dog." Sweaty though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at football games against Newport, I was probably wearing. The freaking Wolverine outfit. Yep. So you've seen him before. I probably have. Well, I didn't know. 
you know, because he had. He was scary. The, the costume. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was. I was running. What but was Newport? What was your guys' mascot? We were the Knights. Oh no way! All right. We were, the, ro- we were the Rockets. But because Rick and I went to rival high schools, it's been really difficult for me yeah. to get along with them all week. I kind of I, I carry that with me to this day. Back yeah. on old defeats and victories. <laughs> <laughs> I still wear my Letterman's jacket. Yeah, I mean this this is really fascinating. Oh, um, <laughs> Giannis, what do you think about Odor? I used to always be the life of the party because I could juggle. You know, Rick over here, he's quite the performer. I can only do three items. Rick over here can juggle flaming sticks five at a time. In the you Wolverine. Know, knives. I rode the yeah. unicycle with the Wolverine outfit on. Really? See, in, I want yeah, to because to back to ladies, that think does, about that. that doesn't let, help. Let me lay out an evening. <laughs> let me lay out an evening with Rick. Maybe listen to a podcast about uh, linguistics. Just perfect. Snuggle yep. up. Let's do a little linguistics. Learn a couple of things that Rick will probably forget. Yep. Then, wild, uh, wild game meal cooked by Rick. Rick oh, will cook yeah. you up some I, sea cucumbers and I shrimp doing he's that. bringing home. Yep. Uh, Rick's then gonna, he, he might put a costume on. <laughs> <laughs> then Maybe they have a term for that. He, yeah. might, yes, he might put a suit on and, and then uh, who, who knows what's next. Cook you up some sea cucumber. No. Well, I picked up another little tidbit about Rick's personal life. Look, you see how much the fog lifted out there all of a sudden? <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. beautiful. We're going to make it. is intrigued by the, by the idea of co-home ownership. I don't understand what that means. I'm not into that's, really that's, buying a home. In my, in my mind, I never imagined buying a home as a single dude. But I, pro- I mean, no, I, probably, I have a hard time picturing that as well. Even though I know a lot of guys that have done it. Yep. That was just not, that's just not on the radar. But... It probably will become more on the radar. It's like get so more like grown up. You like to meet a woman and pitch in for a house. I mean that. Yeah, that's like kind of what like married people do. Yeah, it's like a yeah, the right woman, obviously. Yeah, but you bought cars. You bought a camera. That's true. Right. That's true. You didn't so wait you, for the right one to come no, along. No, no. But I like, always thought of the <laughs> domestic space is like this. It, certainly, it's a financial thing. But maybe you it's need a like, dog. Um, I'm gone too I, much. A cat. I think with all this costume, no, I think with all this costume man. talk, <laughs> you'll be buying that house with somebody sooner than you think. That's. I think there's maybe some crossover between the mediator listeners and the cosplay folks. What do you think? In the who? Go over and <laughs> so like costume people. Oh yeah, that could be. <laughs> but the problem is the, pe- the, the problem is the reason we can't send women to Rick and Cal is because I don't think a lot of there's a lot of women listening. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pe- women who are already involved with the fella, and that's why they're listening because he's playing it. So, well, we need some listener responses. Well, that, I mean, that's exactly why we can talk. It's like a guys' club on here. You can talk about whatever you want. Yeah, I don't come on this podcast. I'm not afraid it's going to get out, ladies, the- Steve. I know you do me a you do no, me I'm a really, solid, I know, no, no, it's not your motivation. It's no. not your, mo- it's your motivation. You like to wrestle with ideas. That's right. You like to live a life of the mind. That's but true. Think but I got about how much fun it would be couple years down the line, we could do a podcast, and we'd be like, yep, we're just sitting there. Then she called. I did it. I put those two together. (laughs) And then we're like recording over at Rick and his new wife's house. Yeah. Talk about full circle. Now, Rick, uh, now that media of the TV show is up on Netflix, at least there's like 32 or 36 episodes on Netflix just waiting to be consumed. Did you shoot any of those? No. So we can't send any ladies to watch out your work. No. But hmm. 
But, yeah, uh, but we'll, the, the we'll just Mexico, pretend. Mexico coos deer you shot, and that, that, if it's not up already, it should be up anytime. Oh, there we go. On season no, six. No, is that up? I thought that was season seven. Seven. I think it's five and six are up on Netflix, or is it six and seven? But I think that's six. But I just say that I'm part of the brand, part of the mediator brand. Those I like that. But I'm just trying to think of ways that ladies can go see your handiwork. Website. It's very abstract because it's like you're just watching something you film. And they don't know what, you know. No, the TV show. there's like two camera guys. Seek out, sometimes uh, three camera guys. They can, they can see me in my full reality television amazingness on NBC's The Island. Oh. <laughs> oh. Were you naked on that a lot? No. The whole time. Oh. <laughs> no. I got, uh, I think the only time I'm on camera with my shirt off, I got bit by ants. I'm having a little bit of allergic reaction. Is that right? What kind of ants? Fire ants? Yeah. It hurts? Yeah, I'm allergic to them. Yeah, I don't like them. No, I mean I don't mind them, but they don't do they don't do many uh, good when it comes to. Was this your first blacktail hunt? Uh, no, really. Second. Oh, Mo. Yeah, because he was up oh, hunting the high yeah. country with us this yeah. fall. Yeah, Mo. totally different hunt though. Well, we went up there just to check it out. So, <laughs> do you like uh, what do you like better? Haven't had them both very recently. Do you like uh, blacktail liver? cooked in uh, butter with caramelized onions or slow-cooked grilled ribs better? I think the ribs were better. You like the ribs better than the liver? Well, I would say the ribs, in terms of typical meat consumption, tasted like something I would eat at a restaurant. It just tasted like great meat. The ribs. Tender, yep, the ribs. And then the liver is like, oh, that's really interesting tasting. It's really good, but it's like... uh, I don't know the difference, but in terms of uh, not an more, everyday meal, yeah, There's not an every, peculiar, yeah, more nuanced, yeah. Which Giannis is very hit hit and miss with the liver. I've I've found. Did you enjoy the black tail liver? He won't. No, he was he was he was, he was out. Right. He was like because I always say that I, I used to like what I liked about Giannis when I liked him was that we had a. We had shared experiences. Mm-hmm. Basically, for years, yep. anything I had gone and hunted. Roughly four years, exactly. Anything I had gone and hunted, you were there. So there was never like a gap, right? Now, I'm always like, hey, you know how we were just? And he's like, I wasn't there. And it's caused like a real disconnect between me and Yanni. Strain the relationship. Oh, yeah, because I now I'm like, I'll be like, hey, you know how we were just eating that? And he's like, no, I wasn't there. Because he was over. having his knee surgery. I know you do it a lot too. It, I, it really it, shook me up. Fit. But I gotta say that it knee. was really hard on me emotionally to not have to for there to be a gap in our knowledge. It's hard on me emotionally. Now it's hard on you physically because that knee got me moving so fast. He's got that new knee. <laughs> now he hauls ass with that new knee he's got. <laughs> Speaking of those ribs, though, you know they're so good. And I gotta say, I was telling Cal after we ate them. I think I was telling you that like I'm almost yeah. We were talking about it, but how like the. Ten years ago, I'd have like the back strap and the like the like the bitch and roast out of the rear ham. Used to all go first, and I would hoard those chunks. And now it's Hold like it. that is, you contradicted yourself there. I'm sorry. I did. You said you'd hoard them, but they'd go first. Well, I'd hoard them for myself. Like I wouldn't be I give, giving them away or trading them, whatnot. And now it's like I've, just because I've learned how to prepare the the chunks of meat that have the collagen mm-hmm. right in them and all that stuff that like you because while had a great line last night do you remember it 
Like, no. Johnny had a good one? If it doesn't have a tendon in it, I almost don't want to eat it. Mm-hmm. Which I think is eye-opening. No, that was you, man. I said that? Yeah. <laughs> nice, good work, yeah. But quote. yeah, it's... Uh, it just makes wild game so pleasurable and, and silky and, and never dry. It's amazing. Never dry. You know? yep. Yeah. Necks, shanks, front shoulders, ribs. Ribs. Don't, know, right. what, don't know what you're missing. We, uh, that, uh, he, the boat, he just ducked around the corner, so he's going to be coming back. We better get broke down. Yep. Maybe we'll tie this in with another shorty. No, I don't know. Maybe it'll just, doesn't we'll matter. I need uh, retribution. Like, when are we going to plan the blacktail? I'm so hard-headed. I, I want to do another October hunt. I'm like, I no. need to figure it out. <laughs> no. I, it, what? Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll come on the 30th. You can hunt one day of yeah, October. Yeah, you can have one October. Yeah. Yeah. What happened is <laughs> yeah, the, the, I mean, the hunt ultimately turned out good. Ultimately turned out good. But what happened was, uh, you, you know, hereabouts uh, – you know, you, be, different people have their different theories about what peak, like when the rut, when the breeding season kicks in full balls. And, and when when the breeding season kicks in full balls, the bucks are up and about more. They, they're a little bit, they operate with a little bit more abandon, you know, they're less cautious. They're more likely to come into calls, like noises you use that mimic the sound of fawns. Um, in distress, and the bucks are just like amped up, looking for other deer, and just, you know, going crazy. Now, everybody says, like, oh, the first week of November, and other people say, uh, well, no, that's total bullshit because it's, it's the first half of the second week of November. Um, but what everyone agrees on is October sucks. <laughs> what month is What month is <laughs> We now tried twice. <laughs> and after two October blacktail hunts, I might... I'm, I'm beyond. I'm done thinking it was just a fluke. I think it hunting blacktails in October is very difficult. Yeah, They're not up you, in the high. If you count like man, like man days, uh, user days, like they do for the national forest for an outfitter, we probably put in. We hunted two groups we at put Clover. In Fifteen. We put in thirteen user days this week. Yeah. Yeah, and then last time we we're up in the high country yeah, in October. Yeah, you know we we argued about this the other night. That situation. There's that hunt, right? Yeah, no, no. We still saw some deer. Okay. But it, was, it still wasn't a good hunt. It was no, like we, not we, a good we, hunt. We were, we were struggling, you know, was, especially for the amount of sign we were seeing. It but was in like August, the deer were here yesterday kind of a thing. Yeah. Hunting in August. Yeah. It's Same. just like you kind of wish there weren't so many of them out and about. Because mm-hmm. it feels like, not I don't want to say easy, but it feels like, Yeah. Borderline easy. August. I gotta say something in the right area. Just as a camera, just as a camera operator watching the hunt, I feel like I'm with Cal. Like this hunt was awesome because of how difficult and rare it was to even get a glimpse of a critter. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the best time to get a a quick kill or fill a freezer, but. But I've never been so excited to see poop. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. There is fresh scat in this trail. Yeah. That, I mean, that. No, seeing rubs and we're like, oh, that's a fresh rub. Yeah. Like, they're actually here. Yeah. Yeah, the, you just talking about seeing fresh deer droppings reminded me of Dirt Myth's story about his buddy that, um, (laughs) that 
got uh, was using the restroom and, and then throughout the day couldn't tell why he was smelling um, <laughs> an awful smell and then realized that he had somehow uh, landed some on his the shoulder portion of his suspenders when they were hanging <laughs> down. Dude, I love that. Dylan Brown. So every time he looks to the left, he's like, what is that smell? <laughs> on that note, we got to get on a plane. Uh, on a landing craft. All right. Till next, till next time. Tune in next time. First Light has always made the world's best base layers. They're warm, breathable, silent, and odor resistant. But the women's fit and the gear weren't meeting our demands. So we went back to the beginning and rebuilt everything. Re-engineering the gear with the most dedicated female hunters in mind, First Light modernized the fit and added more sizes, colors, and camo patterns. I personally have been testing the women's gear over the last couple of years, uh, from the mountains in Idaho to the plains in Nebraska, and I feel like the fit especially has landed in a much better spot. It's more true to size. It's not as tight and binding in certain areas like a lot of women's fit. Uh, all of the pieces, to me, got an all-around upgrade. It's awesome to see. So for yourself or as a gift this Mother's Day, pick up First Light's new women's merino wool and get free shipping on all orders containing women's gear. Available now at F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E dot com.